We are with you, Arab brothers, by Mautun and others. Foreign Languages Press, Peking, 1958. Printed in the People's Republic of China. Editor's Note. At a time when the peace-loving peoples of the world were cheering the birth of the Republic of Iraq and the victories of the Lebanese people in their liberation struggle, the U.S. imperialists sent their troops to Lebanon, thereby committing carefully planned aggression against that country. Following closely in the footsteps of their U.S. partners, the British imperialists dropped armed forces into Jordan to buttress the brutal rule of King Hussein and to threaten the newborn Iraqi Republic. These interventionist acts directed against the just struggle of the Arab people for freedom and independence are absolutely intolerable to the peoples of the world. The 600 million Chinese people are determinedly opposed to the heinous crimes of the U.S. and British imperialists in invading the Arab countries, and their indignant voices are still reverberating throughout the length and breadth of the country, from major cities to remote villages, from factories and mines to schools and universities, and from wooded plateaus to busy coastal ports, mass rallies and demonstrations were held against aggression and for defending world peace. An endless flow of written protests has been lodged with the aggressors in a veritable forest of hands offered in friendship to the Arab people. For a dozen days or so immediately following the momentous happenings in the Middle East, Chinese workers, peasants, poets, professors, writers, artists, in fact, people from every walk of life, took to their pens and brushes and produced innumerable poems, articles, and drawings full of intense feeling and righteous indignation. These works fully express the spirit and determination of the 600 million Chinese people in their support of their Arab brothers. This collection contains merely a minute fraction of such works, but we hope that it will serve to convey to our foreign readers the deep feeling of the Chinese people. Voice of 600 Million Rinmin Ribao Correspondent On the afternoon of July 17th, the Tiananmen Square in Peking became a sea of indignant men and women. Enraged at the armed intervention of the U.S. imperialists in the domestic affairs of the Arab people, half a million Peking citizens gathered to voice their protest. Raising their arms in denunciatory gestures so that the square looked like a vast forest and shouting slogans, 
that echoed like heavy surf beating on a broken shore. The liberated Chinese people will never tolerate the outrageous actions of the imperialists. The demonstrators shouted with upraised arms, U.S. troops get out of Lebanon, U.S. troops get out of China's Taiwan, U.S. troops get out of Korea, U.S. troops get out of Japan, U.S. troops get out of the Philippines. In the workers' contingent, scores of thousands strong marched veterans from the Chongqingtian Locomotive and Rolling Stock Repair Works, who, with brilliant revolutionary traditions to their credit, were witnesses to the ignominious defeat of the imperialists in China. For scores of years, they waged numerous struggles against the imperialists, and today they hurried to the Tiananmen Square by train from 15 miles away in order to add their voices to the general protest. 60-year-old worker Hong Pao Hua was distinguishable from his fellow workers by his especially tense face. Indignation engraved in every line. During the famous February 7th strike of the Peking Hankow Railway Workers in 1923, he, at the age of 25, fought heroically against the feudal warlords fed by the U.S. and Japanese imperialists. From that time onward, he saw a deadly enemy in the imperialists whenever and wherever they were bent on their dirty work. In all those pre-liberation years, Hong Pao Hua stood in the foremost ranks of the anti-imperialist struggle until, on October 1st, 1949, the five-star red flag was hoisted on Tiananmen Square. Every time in those years, when there was a demonstration before Tiananmen against the imperialists and the national traitors, he was there with his fellow workers. Now the Chinese people have triumphed, and the imperialists have been driven out of their land. Hong Pao Hua said with excitement, Now times have changed, and peoples in many countries have awakened, like the Chinese people. The U.S. imperialists will face as shameful a defeat as they did in Korea if they refuse to give up their aggressive plans. Victims of imperialism for more than a century, we 600 million Chinese people stand firmly by the Lebanese and Iraqi peoples and support them in their struggle for national independence. Many of the workers in the marching columns had been volunteers in Korea, where they had learned what the U.S. imperialist aggressive forces were really worth. Chang Ching Chun and Chi Chin Wu, both of whom were in charge of transport of supplies during the Song Kum Ryong and other campaigns, put it like this. Compared with the days of the Korean War, 
the world forces of peace and the movement for national independence have grown still stronger. The east wind has prevailed over the west wind. The U.S. imperialists will be smashed to smithereens should they refuse to learn a lesson from history. Marching abreast among the 1,600 demonstrators from the Chinese Academy of Medical Science were Wu Weizhen and Fei Li Min, both surgeons in the China Union Medical College, and a dozen of other medical personnel. All of them had been with the Volunteer Surgical Corps in Korea, where they saw for themselves the indescribable terror the U.S. imperialists had inflicted upon people of goodwill. What untold suffering, death, and disaster they had brought to the latter. And in the end, what a paper tiger imperialism proved to be. They said that, as witnesses to history, they were firmly opposed to the war intrigues of the U.S. imperialists in the Middle East. They demanded their immediate withdrawal from Lebanon. An 80,000-strong contingent was formed by the students and faculty members of more than 30 universities and colleges in Peking. Students of the Peking University came to the Tiananmen Square by noon, long before the opening of the mass meeting. They sang a song they had composed. We support you, our Lebanese brothers. Let's rally together and fight boldly and unceasingly. Let's hold aloft the great banner of anti-colonialism and resolutely smash the U.S. imperialists. At the eastern end of the square, students of the Peking Normal University gathered together. Here, students of the Department of Chemical Energy were putting on a newly written skit caricaturing U.S. imperialists. Ike gets nervous and has a relapse of his heart complaining when one of his secretaries reports the news of the uprising of the Lebanese people and the establishment of the new Iraqi government. Dulles and Nixon rush in. Asked by Ike and Dulles to go to the Middle East to carry out conspiracies, Nixon covers his face with both hands and whimpers, but I've just had a beating in South America. My face is still swollen. The skit sent the crowds into roars of laughter. Then the students recited a poem one of them had written. We warn you, U.S. imperialists, never forget your shameful defeat at the 38th parallel. That was your infamous end. The professors also were at the Tiananmen Square hours before the start of the rally. Wang Ching, in his 60s, said, I'm here to add my support to the cause of justice. 70-year-old Su Ping Chung came on foot to take part in the mighty demonstration. As a scientist, he said, I can by no means tolerate the U.S. imperialists 
kindling a war blaze. And I cannot sit idly while they are doing something which might destroy peace in the world. When the U.S. imperialists have gone to such extreme as to violate openly the U.N. Charter and meddle with the home affairs of others, peoples throughout the world are duty-bound to cut off the aggressor's claws and uphold the sacred cause of universal peace. Before the meeting opened, Wu Suwei, director of the China Youth Art Theater in Peking, led more than a hundred of his colleagues to the square. There, under the scorching sun and the big banner expressing their unreserved support to the righteous struggle of the Arab people, they performed several skits, including a ditty entitled, U.S. Imperialists Are Not Allowed to Intervene in the Middle East. A playlet, U.S. Imperialists Clear Out from Lebanon, and an operetta, The People Are the Mightiest. Forceful condemnation of the U.S. imperialist aggression. These shorts were punctuated with tumultuous slogans from the crowd. U.S. imperialists, get out of Lebanon, and the like. To express their support of the just struggle of the Lebanese and Iraqi peoples, more than 200 Akhans and Caliphs arrived at the Tiananmen Square even earlier. These Muslims came from 40 mosques in all corners of the capital. Among them, Salah An Shewei, Imam of the famous New Chia Mosque, visited the Middle East in the autumn of 1956, where he saw with his own eyes the mounting anti-imperialist struggle of the Lebanese and other Middle Eastern peoples, as well as their profound friendship towards the Chinese people. When he was in Beirut, the Lebanese capital, wherever he went, he found himself surrounded by crowds shouting, Long live people's China. A noted mufti in Tripoli told Salah An Shaweh that the eastern peoples had stood up. A young Iraqi Muslim in the Syrian capital, Damascus, said to him that the Chinese people had emerged victorious, but the Iraqi people had yet to realize their ideals. He hoped that the day would come soon when he would be able to travel between Iraq and China as freely as possible. Now, on the Tiananmen Square, Salah An Shewei told the demonstrators around him, Today the Iraqi people have realized their ideals. We Chinese Muslims offer our hearty congratulations to them on their victory. Among the housewives in the demonstrating columns was 53-year-old Chao Chen, widely known as a woman peace fighter, who marched at the head of the contingent of her district, holding aloft a banner bearing the words, Defend World Peace. In 1953, Chao Chen worked tirelessly for the peace movement. Day after day, she made house-to-house -house visits and collected more than 2,000
thousand signatures to the Peace Manifesto. Now, together with other demonstrators, she shouted indignantly, U.S. aggressors, get out of Lebanon, and oppose the U.S. imperialist intervention in the home affairs of the Arab people. The Iraqi, the Iraqi writer, Jiab Tuma Farman, who is now in Pekin, celebrated the victories of his people's anti-imperialist struggle together with the Chinese people. To the dense crowd on the Tiananmen Square, he said with a deep feeling, the recognition by the Chinese government of the Iraqi revolutionary government and the Chinese people's support to the Iraqi people's struggle are an extremely powerful stimulus to us. We know that there are many difficulties in our way forward, but we are fully confident that we shall be able to overcome all of them because we are not alone in our struggle. We have the support of the heroic Chinese people, the peoples of the other socialist countries, and peace-loving peoples all over the world. A dozen students of the United Arab Republic, now studying in Peking, were greatly moved by the scene of hundreds of thousands of people voicing support to the Middle Eastern peoples. One of them, by the name of Tahir, said, The Chinese people are consistent supporters of all struggles for peace and justice. When the Anglo-French imperialists invaded Egypt in 1956, I saw in the Cairo papers pictures showing the Chinese people in their protest demonstrations. It moved me immeasurably and gave me a mighty stimulus and strength. We know that when the peace-loving countries get united, they will certainly be able to repulse the imperialists. During the huge demonstration that followed the rally, numerous columns marched along the city's main streets. They shouted indignant slogans that spread out like surging waves. Joined with the waves of the Euphrates, these rising surges will swallow up all the warmongers. And added to the enthusiasm and determination of the new Iraq that has risen on the old, the resonant voice in support of the Arab people will destroy all the fantastic dreams of the warmongers. From the Rinmin Ribao of July 18th, 1958. We wholeheartedly support the just struggle of the Arab people by Mao Tung. We have had a wonderful harvest of wheat and our steel output is increasing by leaps and bounds. The Chinese people in their great leap forward are working such miracles that one day sees as much accomplished as 20 years. Suddenly we hear the joyous news of the success 
of the Iraqi Revolution. This is indeed a supremely happy event in the international field this year. One more peace-loving, independent, national state opposed to aggression has been born in Asia. Overnight, a fundamental change has taken place in the whole position in the Middle East. What was formerly a base of imperialist aggression in Western Asia has become an anti-imperialist front. This is excellent. This is a great leap forward in the national independence movement of the Asian and African peoples, a great leap forward in the world struggle against colonialism. Iraq has ceased to be the name of a nation under bondage. Iraq has ceased to be the name of a nation betrayed. Brave Iraqi brothers, you have acted superbly. With your own hands, you have written a mighty epic. All the peace-loving peoples of the world are watching you with love and admiration. China's 600 million in their great advance consider your struggle as their own, your victory as their pride. The course of history makes many twists and turns, but the wheels of history invariably move forward, and no force on earth can turn them back. The Chinese people, after more than 100 years of bitter struggle, have finally shaken off the fetters of colonialism. From their own experience, they have grasped one truth. Imperialism is a paper tiger which can frighten none but cowards and weaklings, not an awakened people. National independence can be won only at the cost of our blood, not by hoping for favors from the imperialists. The victory of the Iraqi people has confirmed this truth. That is why the Chinese people feel an intimate sense of joy at the birth of the Republic of Iraq. China, the Soviet Union, and many other peace-loving countries have lost no time in recognizing the Iraqi Republic. This not only accords with the principles of international law, but reflects our admiration and support for the Iraqi people and our warning to the imperialists. We hail the independence of Iraq. We look forward to the day when all oppressed nations will be liberated from the rule of the imperialists. However, the imperialists will not submit willingly to the inevitable destruction in store for them, nor can they learn a lesson from the past. While the peace-loving peoples of the world are exulting over the revolution in Iraq, the U.S. imperialists have flagrantly violated the United Nations Charter, flouted the principles of international law, and started the fire of aggression in Lebanon. The British aggressors have invaded Jordan in a vain attempt to cooperate with the United States in an attack on Iraq. The, the imperialists have jeopardized the international situation thereby arousing the just indignation of all the peoples of the world. Protests and demonstrations 
on a gigantic scale have started in every corner of the globe. The imperialists have miscalculated. In this age when the east wind has prevailed over the west wind, the fires of aggression which they have set alight in the oil fields of the Middle East will destroy none but themselves. The imperialists invariably behave like bullies when they attempt to justify their crimes. Two years ago, when the Anglo-French imperialists invaded Egypt, they did so on the pretext of protecting communications through the Suez Canal. This time, they play the same trick. The U.S. imperialists have invaded Lebanon on the ridiculous pretext of protecting their nationals and the sovereignty of Lebanon. When the British invaded Jordan, they made the slanderous statement that the Iraqi revolution constituted an indirect act of aggression against Britain. Such despicable behavior, like a thief crying, Stop thief, can deceive no one at all. It simply enables the peoples of the world to see more clearly the bestial nature and contemptible character of the U.S. British imperialists. In answer to the provocation of the imperialists, we have the resolute vow of the brave Lebanese people. The people of Lebanon will use every means to carry on resistance and will fight from street to street, from house to house. The United Arab Republic, the Soviet Union, and China have already issued their solemn warnings. Any aggression against the Iraqi Republic is to be considered simultaneously as an act of aggression against the United Arab Republic. In this case, the United Arab Republic will carry out its obligations towards the Iraqi Republic in accordance with the Arab Collective Security Charter. The Soviet Union will not rest indifferent to the acts of unprovoked aggression in an area adjacent to its frontiers. It will be compelled to take the necessary steps dictated by the interests of the Soviet Union's security and the safeguarding of world peace. Together with the peoples of the Asian and African countries and other peace-loving countries and peoples the world over, the 600 million Chinese people will give all-out support to the Arab people's just struggle. Should the United States fail to withdraw its forces of aggression from Lebanon at once, it will have to face the consequences of its action. These thunderous warnings have been hurled at the imperialists from all sides. The just strength of the peoples of the world will break the bloody claws which the U.S. and British imperialists have stretched out towards the Arab people. To stop the U.S.-British aggression in the Middle East, to support the Iraqi Republic, and the National Independence Movement of Lebanon? These are the most urgent tasks of all peoples of the world at present. The imperialists are conspiring to launch a new war. 
the peoples of the world must preserve peace. United action on the part of all peoples will certainly be strong enough to stop war and preserve peace, to halt aggression and protect national independence and freedom. We Chinese writers and artists, together with the whole Chinese people and all the peoples of the world, dedicate all our strength to this struggle. We shall first of all use literature and art as a weapon to deal ruthless blows at the aggressors, to support the Arab people's just struggle, and to protect the peace of the Middle East and of the world. Victory to the heroic Arab people. Victory to all the peace-loving peoples of the world. July 19th. 1958. Protest against the American invasion of Lebanon. Chin Chun Jui. Sparks of fire burst from cold ashes as a hero joins the fray. The people's might, like a nuclear explosion, has blown up in Iraq in a great revolution. The people's iron fists strike hard, raining pitiless blows on the foe. They smash the corrupt feudal monarchy and kill the infamous traitors. The whole world hails the birth of the new republic, which solemnly declares to all the world, we withdraw from the shameful Baghdad pact. We support the just Bandung spirit. We want no reactionary Iraq-Jordan union. We want independence, freedom, and peace. This declaration has terrified the pirates. It has torn off the masks of wolves and jackals. The American president, glad to be war criminal number one, sent troops immediately to invade Lebanon. The east wind has awakened the lion by the pyramids and ancient Babylon. Our Arab brothers have stood up. Once again, their light is seen throughout the world. Do not boast of your hydrogen bombs and guided missiles, even though you used all your artillery and planes. Even though there were a dozen imperialist powers, you could not intimidate our Arab brothers. From Peking to Cairo, from Moscow to New Delhi, throughout the world indignant protests sound, supporting our courageous Arab brothers. The Arabs have 2,000 million friends. The Yankee imperialists are digging their own graves. The devil's sole companion is death. Victory must go to our glorious Arab Brothers. July 17th, 1958. Get Out of Jordan, British Pirates by Chien Chun Jui. Forgetting his defeat at the hands of the Arabs, the British wolf is acting the part of a fool 
following close in the steps of poor, harassed Ike, he has dared to rush into Jordan and beard the lion. Our Arab brothers shout, Get out of here! Remember the beating that you took at Suez. If you want to treat a lion as an ass, just try to ride on it. A cold, dark hole in the ground is waiting for you, and another for your brother, U.S. imperialism. Break the Aggressor's Backs Imi Xiao With iron fists raised high, we march to smash the imperialists' thick skulls. We shout like thunder, on! We break, we shall break the aggressors' backs. Get out of Lebanon, Yankees. Not one hair of Iraq shall you touch. You cannot turn the wheels of history back, nor stop the tide of national liberation. O oh, Arab brothers and sisters, more than 600 million Chinese and all peace-loving men and women on this earth are behind you with all their might to support your defense of peace in the Middle East, to support your just struggle in your own defense, to destroy our treacherous and common foe. I, a poet, gladly volunteer to join you. The Torch of Justice is Burning by Liu Pei Yu While we are working hard at peaceful construction, the U.S. and British imperialists are stretching out their crime-stained hands towards our Arab brothers and have lit the fire of an aggressive war. In these days and nights, 600 million Chinese are with our Arab brothers, heart and soul. We cannot but exult over one small but significant item of news we hear. In Beirut, a teenage Lebanese boy in an orange shirt watching the U.S. invaders land on the sacred soil of the Arab people vowed, we are Arabs and we will certainly drive them out. Our experience in China has taught us the meaning of fire and blood, of shameless aggression, and we know what answer must be made by heroes. We applaud this Lebanese boy in the orange shirt, for his brave words spoken in the enemy's presence are not the oath of one youth alone, but symbolize the whole Arab nation rising to smash the fetters of colonialism. Times have changed. We are living in an age when the east wind is prevailing over the west wind. For long years in the past, the imperialists called the countries they invaded the Dark Orient. But was this the case? No, indeed. As everyone knows, our ancient cultures, rich in wisdom, shone like the sun to gladden the eyes of men throughout the world. It was the imperialists who aimed their guns at our chests and fastened fetters upon us. But gone forever are the days when they could do as they pleased. Chairman Mao Zedong, 
pointed out long ago that American imperialism is a paper tiger, and this tiger can be pierced by a finger. This was proved several years back in the Korean War. It was further proved the year before last in the fighting over Suez. A brave nation is not afraid to fight, but will stand up and advance in a struggle. Advance, then. The time has come for the Arab people to smash for good and all the fetters of colonialism. We Chinese are for a lasting peace in the world, but we must also shoulder our responsibility for the future fate of mankind. We pledge our dearest friendship to the peoples of Iraq and Lebanon, who are fighting for justice. Such friendship is the purest gold, bright not only in the sunshine of peace, but in the smoke and dust of war. Now that the imperialists have stretched out their predatory claws, there is only one thing to do. Smash them! We hold the torch of justice in our hands. Let the oath made by the lad in the orange shirt at Beirut burn as brightly as the torch of justice. U.S. British bandits get out of the Middle East. Kuo Xiao Chuan. The Faisal monarchy was a huge mountain, crushing the sons of Iraq, whose sweat and tears flowed fast. But the people rose up against it and overthrew it. What has this to do with the U.S. and British governments? Chao Moon's government with its blood-stained whip, kill, half killed the Lebanese people. Now they want to revolt and should do so. What has this to do with the U.S. and British governments? Eisenhower makes an utter fool of himself, sending troops abroad to protect American nationals. There are many foreigners in the United States. Shall others send troops to occupy your land? Eisenhower has an evil mind but a glib tongue. Aggression is protecting the sovereignty of Lebanon. What would the American government say if others sent troops to New York and San Francisco? The British warmongers are infamous too. They land in Jordan to protect Jordan's independence. May foreign troops land in England to protect you, you shameless scoundrels. U.S. British bandits get out of the Middle East. Your pretexts do nothing but prove your shamelessness. Unless you cease from aggression, the peoples of the world will skin the paper tiger. U.S. British bandits get out. The Arabs are not alone. The whole world will put a stop to your banditry. China's 600 million will not allow it either. We hail your struggle for independence and freedom. Kuo Xiao Chuan. Lightning, ride the whirlwind. Ah, lightning, ride the whirlwind. Carry me, a Chinese poet to the highest peak in Iraq. I shall use peals of thunder to hail the revolution in Iraq. 
bringing the Chinese people's hearts to the heroes of Baghdad. Ah, sun, put forth a rainbow. Let me fly on it to Beirut in Lebanon. With many colored flames, I shall burn down the Yankee camp, bringing the Chinese people's deep respect to the insurgent troops of Lebanon. Ah, Sputnik, stop a minute. Please carry me over Jordan. With penetrating sound waves, I shall curse the British soldiers landing there, bringing the Chinese people's love to our hard-pressed brothers of Jordan. Though we are here in China, our hearts are in the Middle East. Ah, Arab friends, China is in a tumult for your sake. Ah, Arab friends, China is in a tumult for your sake. Ah, Arab friends, China is in a tumult for your sake. Heaven and earth are filled with angry roars. The Yangtze passes under Wuhan Bridge, mingling its roar with the bustle of the city. The Yellow River comes to Sandmen Gorge and marches with the workers. The crops in the fields shoot up to pierce the sky. The rocks on the hill send out myriad sparks. The engines in the factories turn like a whirlwind. The sand in the rivers swirls like bullets. The blazing sun shines down on the crowds that throng the streets. Flags flutter in the wind, dying whole cities red. Through mountains and deserted tracts of land, everywhere thunder echoes. Slogans are shouted so loudly that men become hoarse. China has known this bitterness herself and has a profound understanding of your misfortunes. China has trod the same path herself and has a profound understanding of your hardships and your glory. This is not pity, but brotherly sympathy, inspired by no thought of gain, but by the common cause. Throughout this boundless land, our wrath seethes like a mountain torrent. For your sake, friends, we would gladly sacrifice all. Six hundred million Chinese are watching the Middle East. Ah, Arab friends, China is in a tumult for your sake. Fight on, beloved Arab brothers. We hail your struggle for independence and freedom. We hail your struggle for independence and freedom. We hail your struggle for independence and freedom. Now the time has come to do away with the scourge of imperialism. From Atlantic to Pacific, there are American camps. Those pot-bellied millionaires live on human blood. They brandish their butcher's knives, but pose as philanthropists, engage in aggression, but label it relief. The British scoundrels have joined the Yankee brigands. The moribund British Empire is relying on bigger bullies to stir up trouble. The people in the colonies are confronted with flashing swords and bloodstains. How many nations are fettered in slavery? 
Now the time has come to do away with the scourge of imperialism. All those who do not want to be cowards and slaves must fight courageously. They must be wise as the people of Iraq, valiant as the Egyptians, fearless as the Lebanese, firm as the Koreans. They must unite and be as hard as diamonds. Attacking the enemy, they must aim at his heart. We warn the imperialists, withdraw your troops at once. Otherwise, your corpses will enrich our soil. Get out, vicious Yankee troops, from the Lebanon you have enslaved, from the oppressed Middle East. Get out from China's territory, Taiwan. Get out from Japan, from Tokyo. Get out from the Philippine Islands. Get out from South Korea, from Seoul. Get out, British parasites, from Korean soil. Get out from Amman in Jordan. To win independence and freedom, we must rise in revolution. Dearly as we love peace, we are not afraid of war. Dearly as we love peace, we are not afraid of war. Dearly as we love peace, we are not afraid of war. Today the times have changed. The east wind has prevailed over the west wind. We of Asia and Africa have the virtue of compassion, but towards the imperialists no tolerance can be shown. We of Asia and Africa are traditionally modest, but before the imperialists we are arrogant eagles. We of Asia and Africa have our ancient civilizations, but to barbarous aggressors we show no pity. Do you threaten us with war? Imperialist fools, very well, you shall taste the sharpness of our swords. We match our strength with yours in Lim Ching Kong and Song Kum Rong. Just, just ask those American generals which of us were the victors. Paper tigers pretending to be high and mighty, foul, stinking braggarts and cheats. We represent justice. We represent the light. We are a newborn force with a boundless future. Some countries may be small, but their strength is infinite. Despite all difficulties, the ultimate triumph is ours. We, have no, we are no longer alone. We have friends all over the world. Today the times have changed. The east wind has prevailed over the west wind. If the vile imperialists dare unleash a war, their fate will be annihilation. Late at night, July 18th. Now the land is green and flowers are blossoming. Kuo Xiao Chuan. Now the land is green and flowers are blossoming. In our motherland, fields are fragrant and crops grow tall as men. Millions of singers sing of our great leap forward, rivaling the poets of old. Those who are happy forget that sadness and injustice still dwell in the world of men. 
Of a sudden we hear the sound of the butcher's knife. A storm breaks in the Mediterranean. The U.S. imperialists are invading Lebanon to suppress the people's revolt. Their blood-stained hands would strangle the newborn Iraqi Republic. In the Middle East and the whole world, voices are raised to protest to the aggressors. Now the land is green and flowers are blossoming. In villages and cities, factories spring up. Chimneys rise like iron fists. Production techniques are revolutionized. Talent appears in each corner. Engines whirl faster and faster. At this moment, even in men's dreams, are sights to inspire by their heroism. Who thought those bloodthirsty bandits would sally forth again to kill? Yankees and British have joined in an attack from two sides on the Iraqi revolutionaries. The moribund British Empire, pretending to be a lion, has landed troops in Ammon. Risking a war and bringing about an international crisis, dear motherland, we are a part of you, like the grain with its roots in the earth. Our love for, our love for you is deeper than the ocean, higher than heaven. We want to use every ounce of our energy to gallop ahead towards communism. But now war is spreading in the Middle East. Clouds appear on the horizon. How can we not resolve to make it our business to help our Arab brothers? We make haste to offer our blood and love to our distant friends. For the sake of peace, we will take up a heavy burden. We are Chinese, born and bred here and fed by Chinese grain. Every hair of our heads belongs to China. Our hearts beat for China, too. We would give our all to defend the soil of China and to build up our land. But also we raise high the banner of internationalism to shed its light far and wide. We make no difference between fair skins or dark, between arched noses or flat, all workers all the oppressed are our dear brothers. If you need it, we begrudge you nothing, not even our lives. Now the land is green and flowers are blossoming. In this fine season, spirits are high in our land and men are full of fight. There is brightness after a storm. The rivers are rising and all creation rejoices. In this land of 600 million, men work with courage. Drops of water become a sea. Sweat turns into grain. At the same time, we shout slogans. Our songs buffet the clouds. Our shouting shatters the sky. At the same time, we are constructing. Targets are soaring. We stride ahead like giants. At the same time, we are ready to help our friends and scorn the enemy. I, an able-bodied poet, write this poem today from my heart. Tomorrow, if you need me, I shall fight for the people of the Middle East.
Warning by China's 600 million people by Cao Yu. 20 million Chinese people have been holding parades and demonstrations day and night in protest against the imperialist invasion of the Middle East. Such a spectacular event has never before been seen in China. It shows that China's 600 million people are determined to help their Arab brothers who have now stood up. The Chinese people are closely watching the development of the situation in the Middle East. Speaking on behalf of the government, Foreign Minister Chen Yi pronounced a solemn warning. The Chinese people, he said, once again warn the U.S. and British aggressors that if they will not cease their acts of aggression in the Middle East, the 600 million Chinese people, as well as other peace-loving countries and peoples of the world, will not look on with folded arms. This is the voice of the Chinese people. This is the indomitable will of the Chinese people. In recent past decades, the Chinese people rose against, attacked, and dealt fatal blows to the imperialists in China. And as a result, we have stood up firmly on our own feet. In the course of our difficult, long, torturous struggle against the imperialists, we persisted in two effective methods. One, to unite among ourselves, the other, to fight to the bitter end. No matter how fierce and terrible the imperialists may look, we have seen through their real power. If you have only to deal them one strong blow, immediately after another, they will eventually skulk away, like a crestfallen cop. This is especially true of the American imperialists. Recently, thousands of cartoons satirizing the American and British imperialists have appeared as posters on the walls in the streets of Chinese cities, towns, and villages. Among them is one showing a big fist sticking out of the Arab land. Near the fist are fly-sized American and British soldiers, obviously panic-stricken and running for their lives. I was struck by the drawing because it gives us a true picture of the nationalist movement of the Arab people. Today, the American and British imperialists are all the more isolated than ever before, a state which their muddled heads had not been able to foresee. The invasion of the Middle East by the U.S. and Britain has caused uneasiness even among men in the ruling circles of the capitalist world, who are beginning to realize the precarious nature of their brutal enterprise and its ominous possibilities. American congressmen, representing monopoly capital, appear to be dejected and nervous. They seem to feel that the fate of their thieving masters is hanging in the balance.
members of the British ruling class, admit that in following in the footsteps of the U.S., Britain has launched itself into a dangerous and doubtful adventure. A Chinese fable tells of a man, crazy for wealth, who was walking one day in the street when, seeing a piece of gold on the counter of a store, he stepped forward and seized it. He was arrested on the spot. When asked why he stole the gold in broad daylight, he said, I saw the gold only and did not see that there were people around. Like the man in the fable, the American and British imperialists saw in the Middle East oil only. They did not see the strong armed forces of the Soviet and other peoples of the world. They still want to carry out their antiquated gunboat policy and conquer the Middle East and the Arab people who have already stood up. Evidently, greed has dulled their wits and made them lose their bearings. Even the Daily Mirror, one of Britain's reactionary papers, said blind, blind, blind when British troops landed in Jordan. The New York Post, one of the most reactionary American newspapers, gloomily pointed out that American intervention in the affairs of Lebanon is a tragedy which will get the U.S. nowhere. In all probability, the tragedy is to continue. The American and British aggressors are frantically amassing armed forces in Turkey, Libya, and certain Arabic regions as a prelude to large-scale aggression. Like the man in the fable, they are bent on plunder in broad daylight. To those base, cowardly, and avaricious thieves and potential murderers, no humility and compromise can be shown. Force should be met by force. The American and British aggressors must be driven out of the Middle East. The Middle East has been termed a volcano, one which well might erupt under the very feet of the invaders. The sharp sword of the people will pierce through the heart of the interventionists. From the torch of the national independence movement of the Arab people will be lit torches of other movements of revolt by the oppressed peoples in the colonial and dependent countries all over the world, and the many little torches will unite in an inextinguishable flame, whose light will illuminate a world where independence and freedom will everywhere prevail. The Chinese people have always loved peace dearly, but that does not mean that we are afraid of war. A fact it behooves the imperialists especially the American warmongers, to bear in mind. Today, world peace is being seriously menaced by the war pyromaniacs. The Chinese people will keep themselves in a state of perpetual preparedness. They are ready at all times to fight against imperialist aggression and defend 
world peace. Long live the Republic of Iraq. Juan Chong Ching. From Asia's western horizon, the flame of freedom has risen. Like a rocket of peace soaring up to the heaven of heavens, Iraq's newborn republic shines with the brightness of dawn. Bathing in light the waves of the Persian Gulf and the vaulted sky, above the Mediterranean. Faisal's dynasty has fallen. Said's barking has been stilled. Baghdad's heroic citizens have tossed into the flames of freedom the shameful Baghdad Pact, the Eisenhower Doctrine, the Iraq-Jordan Union, and some lapdogs kept by American and British masters. Swiftly, Bravely, cleanly, sharply, peace forges ahead. Independence forges ahead. This is a wonderful blossom which our Arab brothers have given to mankind. A rare and fragrant fruit. A song of peace and independence and progress. Long may the free Iraqi Republic live. Ten thousand years. Ten thousand thousand years. Hands off Iraq. Lo Shi Yi. Ancient Iraq, enchanting Baghdad, how you have moved our hearts with your peaceful and freedom-loving men and women, white-robed, riding on donkeys, and your stories of the thousand and one nights. We shall not suffer the colonialist whips to crack over your head. We shall not yet Faisal and Nuri Said sell you to the United States. We shall not permit the beautiful city of Baghdad to be sullied with the name of the Baghdad Pact. On July the 13th, that glorious night, you stood up like a titan wrought in steel, tore up the deed of bondage, killed the enemy of the people, and cried with the voice of all Arab people, we must have independence, freedom, peace. Your voice was heard throughout the world. Cheers echoed back from all the world. Well may Eisenhower tremble. Who dares touch Iraq? Standing with you, shoulder to shoulder, are all the peoples on earth. Bandits, get out. Lu Shi Yi. They dropped their white gloves, lost their top hats, and shrieking in alarm, revealed themselves in all their ugliness. You glutted yourselves on the oil fields of Arabia, but today your last hour has come. You stumbled and fell over the Suez Canal, but instead of learning a lesson, you are rushing in madly again. Today's Middle East is no place to play the fool. The people give you warning. Bandits, get out.
Prophet squeezed from cannon fodder. Yuan Shui Pai The United Press reports that American life insurance agents went to Lebanon to sell war insurance to the invading army. The invaders' cannon fodder has reached the Middle East, their hearts going pit-a-pat. What a quandary they are in. When can they go home? What does the future hold? At Wall Street, they drive hard bargains. They won't give away even meager army pay. Now come the insurance canvassers. They must make a profit on their soldiers' lives. Our energy has increased a hundredfold. Cheng Chu Min. Two days ago, we were hoeing south of the village when our propagandist read the news to us. They founded a republic in Iraq and overthrown the bad old monarchy. We rejoiced at this splendid news as if the victory were our own. Our energy increased a hundredfold. We hoed ten extra furrows in one day. Yesterday we were working on the threshing floor when the trumpet in the village sounded. U.S. imperialists have invaded Lebanon and the people have risen to resist. At this news that the Yankees are on the rampage again, we felt as if our own land were invaded. To support Lebanon, our energy has increased a hundredfold. Strike another blow. Cheng Chu Liu. The beanflower's heart is black. The bandits are wolves at heart. They planned an armed invasion against the Arabs, hoping to swallow up the Middle East. A cur eats nothing but filth. After one beating, they dare come back again. But the people of the Middle East are united and will deal them another blow. We are not afraid of any paper tiger. The strength of peace is mightier than heaven. If the bandits dare start a fire, they are the ones who will burn. The stars in heaven shine on other stars. The people on earth love the people. The whole world is of one heart, determined to drive away the aggressor's army. Midnight in Beirut. Fang Shu. An AFP report from Beirut on July 24th stated, The U.S. Marines, guarding the approaches to their beachhead positions in Beirut, spent a quiet night for the first time since their landing in Lebanon on July 15th. In other words, the nights before that were not quiet. John was on sentry duty at night at the International Airfield in Beirut. Restlessly, he walked around. One moment he meditated. Next, he listened to the shooting coming from the direction of the area controlled by the Lebanese freedom fighters. Arabian nights were not in the least as romantic as the tales he had read. Darkness was everywhere, like a bottomless pit. 
When the noise of shooting died down, John gave a sigh of relief. An old long question, unanswered, came again to his mind. Why have we been sent to this far away Middle East? Although the president has said that it was to help the Lebanese people maintain their freedom, John had his doubts. John pondered, if what the president said were true, why have the Lebanese people been so hostile? Lebanese children sent Coca-Cola. They put a time bomb in the box. A Marine who was heating his ration lost his fingers when the bomb exploded. The more he thought, the more panicky he became. He felt as if the Lebanese people had him surrounded on all sides. Suddenly he lifted his gun and looked nervously around. Thank God there was nothing. It was still dark. With his gun over his shoulder, he resumed his walking. In order not to frighten himself by his own footsteps, he walked lightly. After a few more moments, his mind flew back to his hometown, where he saw his aged mother and his beautiful Mary and his invalid brother. Some years earlier, his brother had gone to the battlefield in Korea in the hope of meeting a black-haired and black-eyed oriental beauty. He returned minus two legs. When John thought of this, he unconsciously touched his legs. Lucky they're still there. Feeling a little easier, he took a breath and prayed. A volley brought him back from his dream. Hastily, he looked around. Wouldn't it be a good thing if nothing happened tonight? Just then, he saw in the distance a black figure moving. He raised his gun in his trembling hand, ready to shoot. Another look. Nothing. I must have been mistaken. Probably a tree branch moving in the wind. John wiped his eyes as if to clear his vision. To put his mind at ease, he purposely turned to avoid looking in that direction. Then came the niggling, worrying doubt. But what if it were really a man, a Lebanese rebel? His heart began to beat. He looked, and there was really a man. Even in the near darkness, the figure was unmistakable. That man was walking slowly, as if not to disturb the sentries, and he was carrying something in his hand. Was it a gun or a dagger? Halt! Who goes there? Halt and give the password! John shouted confusedly, trying to hearten himself. The figure did not answer, but continued walking. Bang! came a crash. Am I finished? He has thrown a grenade at me. He lifted his gun and kept shooting. The man fell. With a satisfied smile, wiping the sweat off his brow, John approached the dead body. Oh my God! It's Thomas! John was terrified. This unlucky drunkard had been drinking, was dead drunk, 
he caught a smell of wine. In a slowly spreading red pool were broken pieces of a wine bottle. John lost all sense. Close to Thomas's body, his brain benumbed. He sat and his heart beat heavily. Around him was still the dark Arabian night. Our Pledge by Kuo Jui Ching, a factory worker. Letters of protest snow down. Our eyes dart fire. Lebanon must decide her own destiny. No wolves shall lick their chops over Lebanon. Molten steel is the action we take. Sledgehammers are pledge. All men with a sense of justice join together. The Yankee and British bandits soon must perish. We cannot rest either. Wang Fu Kin, a peasant. Brave Lebanese brothers, though thousands of Li lie between Beirut and the, and the West Lake, our common enemy has united us as one. When the wolf reaches out for your farms, we cannot rest either. Your heroic leader has issued a call to arms. Use the enemy's weapons to kill the enemy. The Chinese people share your rage, for we have resisted the same vicious enemy. Fight on, Lebanese brothers. The bandits must not get one grain from your fields. The dogs must not sip a single drop of your water. A Lebanese Boy by Yuan Ying. According to a United Press report, when the U.S. troops landed at Beirut, a Lebanese boy in an orange jacket stood at a distance to watch them. He swore in Arabic, We are Arabs and we will certainly drive them out. In a corner of Beirut, teeth clenched tight, a small boy stands, staring with defiant eyes at the port as Yankees land. See the Yankees disembark from their Yankee man of war. See their heavy army boots leave deep prints upon the shore. Now his fist is clenched, enraged. Now with hate his heart is wild. We shall drive the devils out. We are Arabs, swears the child. For against his motherland, those relentless boots will rush. Happiness of Arab homes, those great tanks are here to crush. Now the Middle East is roused. Hot blood pours into the sea. May that seething Arab blood kill the invading enemy. Yes, this oath the boy has sworn is the Arab people's vow. Men of every race and land are behind 
that youngster now. At the airfield, Shao. At the airfield has gathered a group of important men. The masters of Turkey and Iran are waiting there for the honored guests from Iraq. The weather is fine, with no cloud in the clear blue sky, but the special plane fails to arrive, and they are alarmed. No telegram has come. No one knows what the matter can be. The gentlemen at the airfield are disturbed. But what can they do? This is the moment when the revolution bursts upon Iraq. In a twinkling of an eye, the reactionary monarchy is smashed. While gentlemen wait at the airfield, the prime minister of Iraq dresses up as a woman. Impossible now to take the special plane. All he asks is to sneak away. The faithful slave of the United States never foresaw a sudden storm like this. A woman's disguise could not save him. Death was his fate. At the airfield, the important men are gone. All is quiet, very quiet. Nothing is heard but the wails of the Western world. Peace is in jeopardy. Shao. Peace is in jeopardy. Night in Lebanon is shattered by U.S. gunfire. The soil of Jordan is sullied by British parachute troops, and the aggressors are still moving in more troops, gazing greedily at Iraq, that glorious young republic. The Baghdad Pact, a chain of savagery and slavery, has been broken in Iraq. The slave owners will be driven from the Middle East. This is the fate that history has decreed. The weakened enemy is frantic now, like a desperate gambler trying to stave off ruin. He stakes his life on the last throw. Peace is hanging on the bayonet. Peace is in jeopardy. Here flowers blossom everywhere. Shao. Here we have eternal spring. Flowers blossom everywhere. Rivers flow back. High mountains stoop. We advance like lightning. One day is like twenty years. Grain is abundant as the ocean here. Factories cover the land like clouds, and everywhere there is joy. Here is the home of peace. We here understand you best. Brave Arab brothers, we here are like one clenched fist, and we will hit hard to break the backbone of imperialism. Here we have strength that can move seas and mountains to aid you to safeguard peace. When We Were in Lebanon by Li Ju Ming On the blue Mediterranean is the lovely country of Lebanon. 
with Lebanon Mountain in its background, where pines and cypresses, melons, pears, and peaches abound. Here live a million and a half peace-loving people. Six months, six months ago, envoys of culture of the Chinese people, the Chinese acrobatic and art troupe, toured Lebanon. It brought the friendship of the 600 million Chinese people to that country. Within a short fortnight, we were impressed by the warm friendship of the Lebanese people towards the Chinese people. In Beirut, we gave 22 performances. Theaters seating more than 2,000 were always packed. Hundreds could not obtain tickets. People came from Tripoli, from Baalbek, from other cities, and from the countryside. They hired buses and traveled a couple of hours to see a performance lasting a little more than two hours. In the whole of Lebanon, one of every 50 persons, and in Beirut, one of every 10, enjoyed the show of the well-known Chinese troupe. The amazing skill of the performers became an interesting subject of household chat in that country. During the performance, the audience clapped and stamped their feet to express their approval. After the show was over, some enthusiasts would call on the Chinese artists to offer congratulations and pay compliments. A group of students from a divinity school, who had been very restrained at first, came over to shake hands with us. They said, in real life, we seem to be in a dream. It is more beautiful than any fantasy. You've turned mythology into reality. Newspapers commented, there is nothing the Chinese performers cannot do. Just when it seems that they can do no more, they go a step further. It was just this spirit of there is nothing they cannot do, and the friendship of the 600 million Chinese that have greatly inspired the Lebanese people in their struggle for a better living and their confidence in striving for real independence and freedom. In Lebanon is a singer named Farouza, famous throughout the Arab world. One day we were invited by her to her house and were given a warm reception. Her husband is a well-known composer, having done much useful work in rewriting Lebanese and Arab folk music. He was just then studying the rich Arab folk music to adapt it to a symphony and make it still richer. The music he had composed was being played by the folk orchestra of the Lebanese broadcast station and sung by his wife. It was well received everywhere. At her home, we heard many tape recordings. Some were songs, others musical pieces. All were beautiful. Finally, they brought out a new piece of work, choral singing, which described the life of the Arab refugees driven out by the rulers of Israel. Its title was, They Want to Go Back. For the writing of this, they went in person to the refugee camps to collect material 
recorded, and learned folk songs. Then they wrote the words, basing them on poems current among refugees. And the music according to the folk songs. This new piece fully expressed the Arab refugees' thought and attachment for their homeland and their love for their country. It was said that the concert moved the audience to tears. Farouz's singing was full of expression. Her rich voice had a powerful appeal. The choral singing was deeply expressive and magnificent. They want to go back. They want to live an independent, free, and good life, was its main theme. Also the main theme of the political struggle of the Lebanese people today. Through this pair of musician patriots, we saw the aspiration and hopes of the people of Lebanon. In Lebanon, we visited the famous historical site of the Temple of the Sun in Baalbek. The largest stone pillars were 8 meters in height and 30 tons in weight. 3,000 years ago, the forefathers of the Lebanese people transported them here from Aswan in Egypt by ox carts. In one courtyard, there were 84 such pillars. This temple extended for 400 meters. It was built by 100,000 slaves over a period of 250 years. The remains of colossal engravings and other ruins illustrate the ancientness of Lebanon's culture. Lebanese friends, I wish you all happiness from the depth of my heart. Down with U.S. Imperialism by Yang Chol. At dawn one day in mid-July, I boarded a plane at Cairo for Stockholm to attend the Congress for Disarmament and International Cooperation. As we passed over the blue Mediterranean, I saw smoke covering its eastern shores, smoke from the flames of the fight for liberty, of the Lebanese people. Shortly afterwards, far below, I saw small white dots on the sea. Were they waves? No. They were the warships of the U.S. 6th Fleet. From above, they reminded me of sharks waiting to devour their prey. At Stockholm, when I entered the assembly hall, I had a feeling that I was in a big ship because it was a wooden building with arches very much like the inside of a ship. I mentioned my fancy to an Arab delegate. It's somewhat like a ship, he said with a smile, but it's not the U.S. 6th Fleet. It's a ship of peace. While our big ship at Stockholm was proceeding with its work for peace, the U.S. bandits saw the people of Iraq smash the imperialist-supported feudal regime and its oppressive rule and stand up free and independent at last. Disregarding everything, the U.S. invaded Lebanon with the foul intention of once again imposing on them 
the old colonial rule. As the Arab delegate said, they are setting fire to the oil fields. I don't know whether Eisenhower realizes that they have, with their own hands, lit a fire of righteousness in the heart of mankind, which will in turn reduce themselves to ashes. What was happening in this big ship of peace? Here were assembled more than a thousand persons, a miniature of the human race, different in the color of their skin, different in the way of their thinking. They shouted with one voice, Hail the victory of the people of Iraq. Shame on the imperialist criminals. The delegate of the British people condemned their government for armed intervention in Jordan. The delegate of the people of the USA ascended the platform with a determined expression, shouting his demand that the U.S. government immediately withdraw its troops from Lebanon. Delegates of the Asian and African peoples added their protests. Congress unanimously resolved to censure the U.S. The Lebanese delegate, white-haired Dr. Hanna, rose to speak. He had just come from war-riven Beirut. Wearing a red necktie, he was full of vitality. He spoke in resonant tones. Imperialism is dancing on its own grave. The people of Lebanon are determined to decide their own fate. We are against any kind of intervention. Men and women, old and young, will fight to the end. Friends all over the world, extend to us your helping hands. As Dr. Hanna finished, the whole assembly applauded. Then he stretched out his right arm, two fingers making a V, sign of victory. And the people of the world, too, are confident that victory will come to the people of Lebanon. Yes, helping hands have been extended to the brave Lebanese people. It was as light as day in Stockholm, though it was actually midnight. The sky was bright with a few glistening stars. The Chinese delegation was sitting in a room listening in to a radio broadcast from Peking. Through the transmitter came the roar of the half million people of the capital at the mass meeting which denounced the U.S. aggression against Lebanon, shouting, U.S. troops get out of Lebanon. This powerful support of the Chinese people joined with that of all the other peace-loving peoples of the world will stamp out any fire which the U.S. brigands may attempt to light to destroy the independence of the countries of the Arab East. Stockholm, July 18th, 1958. Hailing the Iraqi People's Victory. Wang Ya Fan. Under the warm July sun, our hearts are stirred and afire. The whole Chinese people applauds the birth of the Iraqi Republic. Descendants of the men who created Babylon's culture, today you stand up 
bravely. To dispel the dark clouds over Mesopotamia, to win freedom and a bright future for your nation. This is the age when the people become the masters. The east wind has prevailed over the west wind. Let us smash the fetters of imperialism and hail the awakening of the Arab people. As you advance along the street, the traitor's corpse is cast aside. Though the old fox disguises himself as a woman, he could not escape the people. In China, too, we understand this truth. No pity can be shown to the enemy. But pitiless blows are needed. Fighting men do not fear the Yankee paper tiger. In the mighty Yellow River and the Yangtze, we washed ourselves clean of the insults heaped upon us. Now, in our earth-shaking leap towards socialism, we support your righteous cause. Under the warm July sun, our hearts are stirred and afire. The whole Chinese people applauds the birth of Iraqi Republic. The Wolf and the Fox Wang Yafang British imperialism is a fox. U.S. imperialism is a wolf. The wolf rushes in front. The fox backs it up behind. The wolf hurls itself at Lebanon, clawing and biting. The fox slinks in its wake to Jordan, hoping in vain to drink blood. Unfortunately, they miscalculated, mistaking daylight for night. The people's sun is red as flame to burn the fox and scorch the wolf. My Letter of Protest Tian Chin 1. The Arabs are lions who fear no paper tiger. O Arab lions, drive out those American asses. 2. Iraq and Lebanon have lit the beacons of war. The pyramids are their flags. The Mediterranean is their battle drum. 3. The people's hands are spearheads, pointing at Beirut Harbor. We must use swords against bandits, use axes against wolves. 4. Beirut is a volcano, a bandit's graveyard. If the Yankees refuse to get out, they shall leave their bones there. 5. Song Kum Ra Young can bear witness that bulletproof nylon jackets serve no purpose. The Suez Canal can bear witness that a paper tiger is powerless. 6. On the Lebanese flag is a tree. One wave of its branch will pierce the paper tiger. 7. The Yankees' army helmets will rust on the ground, and in their helmets we shall plant Trees of Freedom Footnote 1 During the Korean War, the Chinese People's 
volunteers used U.S. helmets as flower pots. End of footnote one. Eight. When paper tigers fall into the sea, even their gods cannot save them. If they want to live on, they must give up this wild gamble. Nine. Flags of revolution are flying above Baghdad. Flowers are blooming in the desert. Men are fighting for freedom. Have friends all over the world. 10. Rocks may rot, the sea may run dry, but Arabia must be free. We join hands with our Arab friends in the common struggle. Hymn of the Revolution, Greeting the Iraqi Republic, Tian Chin. 1. Workers besiege the palace, soldiers besiege the palace, guns are trained upon the palace, torches rushed into the palace, heaven and earth are quaking as the people surge forward. Nuri Asasad, where can you hide? Abdul Ilah, where can you flee, you traitors, slaves of the U.S. British bandits? You betrayed your country and would sell the Middle East. Let us carry out the corpses, though they are dead. Iraq's sons want to try them. Men accuse the corpses, shouting and rushing forward. Iraq, the heavenly kingdom, had died but lives again. The camel will grow wings to carry the water of the Mediterranean to lead the sea to the desert. To make the desert a garden full of flowers. Iraqi Republic, the east wind applauds your victory. Revolutionary brothers, of you I sing. 2. The bright lamp in the ancient castle is lit. The bondsman's fetters are broken. The torch of freedom shines high. The desert roses bloom red. In Faisal's castle, the blood-stained flag is down. The flames of revolution in Baghdad light up the motherland. Iraq is the heavenly kingdom, rich in oil and roses. Shall pirates be allowed to plunder it? No, never again. We must tear up the Baghdad pack. The flames of Baghdad's revolution must leap and shine forever. Let the fighters sing their freedom. Let the goddess of liberty dance. Let camels grow wings to carry the waves of the Mediterranean. You with your liberated pens will write new Arabian nights. At the tale of your revolution, even the desert will rejoice. What is the Baghdad pact? It is blood a butcher's knife. The blood must be washed away. The knife must be tossed away. Away with slaves and pirates. Long live newborn Arabia. Down with the Faisal dynasty. Long live the Iraqi Republic. July 20th. Reply to the letter from the writers of the Republic of Iraq. August 5th, 1958. Dear Mr. Salah Jawad Altoma,
and fellow writers of the Republic of Iraq. We were exceedingly delighted to receive your letter. For the past two weeks and more, we Chinese writers together with the Chinese people have rejoiced at the great victory of the Iraqi people. For your victory will further inspire the Arab people in their just struggle against imperialism and for national independence. Your victory is the victory of the Arab people and also the victory of peace-loving people throughout the world. But on the very occasion of the birth of your republic, the U.S. imperialists had the impudence to land troops in Lebanon in an armed intervention, while the British imperialists also dispatched troops to Jordan. By these acts of aggression, the U.S. and British imperialists hope not only to destroy the movement for national independence of the Lebanese and Jordanian peoples, but also to strangle your newborn republic. The Chinese people and all Chinese writers are greatly enraged at the heinous, undisguised crimes of aggression committed by U.S. and British imperialism. In Peking, as in all other parts of China, Tens of millions of people immediately held demonstrations in protest on an unprecedentedly large scale. Chinese writers and artists have already produced many poems, essays, posters, and short plays to hail your victory and express our deep-rooted hatred for the aggressive crimes of the U.S. and British imperialists. Once victims of imperialist aggression ourselves, we too are familiar with the savagery of imperialism. But we are well aware that seemingly powerful imperialism is nothing but a paper tiger, strong in appearance but weak in actual fact. Today the people throughout the world, when united, have a Herculean strength. If the aggressors dare unleash war, they will simply hasten their own death. Dear brothers and fellow workers, the Chinese people and Chinese writers, together with all peace-loving peoples throughout the world, will spare no effort to support with action the just struggle of all the Arab people. We will fight with our pens. Our hearts are linked closely with yours. The peoples of all the world are standing by you. Justice is on your side, and victory will be yours. Mao Tun, Chairman of the Union of Chinese Writers. Appendix Letter from the Writers of the Republic of Iraq July 30th, 1958 Union of Chinese Writers, Peking, China Writers of the World on behalf of the free Iraqi writers in our newborn republic, we greet you as responsible writers whose ultimate objective lies in the discovery of truth and the service of humanity. It is our belief that one of your and our major tasks is to eliminate all the obstacles and evils leading to the destruction of man's civilization. Therefore, you strive, as we strive, in our republic to protect human rights, 
to propagate social justice, and to eradicate slavery imposed on nations and men under any pretext by reactionary and colonial powers. Our new republic is a manifestation of such a strife. It is a sincere expression of our people's will and determination to live in peace with all peace-loving peoples and to secure all the conditions necessary for a civilized living, including the exploitation of our national resources and human potentialities, not for the interest of a small greedy minority, but for the general welfare of the country and the world. We are eager to ensure our independence and freedom, democracy and social justice, which were practically meaningless words, under the previous royalist reactionary regime. Therefore, we appeal to you to support our republic in its legitimate struggle for a better future and to stop the Anglo-American aggression in our sister Arab states, Lebanon and Jordan. We believe it is your responsibility, as it is ours, to help your people understand the just aspirations of our republic which enjoys the support of the overwhelming majority of our people, and to help them understand that the Republic is an outcome of a continuous struggle and several unsuccessful revolutions staged by our people against the old regime in 1941, 1948, 1952, and 1956. It is your obligation to denounce with us any foreign interference in our internal affairs, and in the affairs of our sister Arab states. If such interference and aggression should be unleashed against us, we will meet it with all the forces and means at our disposal, and with the support of the peace-loving nations of the world. We sincerely hope that common sense and simple human decency will prevail and will curb the aggressive circles in some Western capitals who seem to be insistent on drawing the world into the abyss. We sincerely hope that world peace and our freedom will be saved. For the writers of the Republic of Iraq, Salih Jawad Al-Toma, Salah Kali, Abdul Malik Nuri, Mahdi Murtada Ali Al-Halil. End of We Are With You, Arab Brothers.